checklist. Here is a sample list of common stories or rationalisations used to mask our fear. Remain silent and avoid reality. When we tell ourselves these stories, we become non-participants. What do I know? She's the expert. No use saying anything. He doesn't care what I think. I have no idea what needs to happen here, so it's best to keep my mouth shut and pretend I'm tracking. Nothing I say will make any difference. Why bother? She's just going through a hard time, just needs to talk. I have thoughts, but she won't want to hear them. I'm bored, fatigued, impatient with this person and or this topic. I'll adopt an attitude of polite indifference and hope it's over soon. These rationalisations cause our conversations and our relationships to slip, slide away. We're tuned out rather than tuned in. Reality is not interrogated, no learning is provoked, tough challenges are avoided and the relationship is not enriched. Nothing memorable occurs. In practising principle seven, you will experience the value of letting silence create spaciousness in your conversations so that you and your partner can check inside and look for what is authentic and useful. Thoughts on silence. Silence offers us an opportunity to think and plan down board. Each action step we decide upon will set other things in motion. None of us is behaving in a vacuum. Everything we do has consequences for the rest of the company or the family. We need to think in terms of, if we do this, who and what will be impacted and how? What other steps may become necessary? Sometimes teams need to sit quietly and think about these questions. Silence allows us the space in which to focus on the cause, not the effect. Half the battle is identifying and resolving the real issues. Remember Grendel's mother, as opposed to dwelling on symptoms illustrated with long stories. In work teams, when someone brings an issue to his or her colleagues for resolution, if we're fortunate, after an extended silence during which everyone reflects on what has been offered for discussion, someone will say... I don't think that's the real issue. I think the real issue is, and we're off and running, recognising with relief that we're on track at last. The problem named is the problem solved. Silence allows us to reflect on and ultimately identify the problem so that we may focus our limited time and resources on removing obstacles in the company's way. Silence allows us to reflect on basic beliefs and paradigms regarding a particular issue before moving to options and strategy. It's imperative to give ourselves and our teams the challenge and the silence in which to ask ourselves what beliefs that we currently hold might be in the way of innovation and improvement. This is almost impossible for anyone to do in a room or a house full of words. Silence allows everyone in the room to participate fully. No matter what our areas of expertise, each of us has insights and ideas about other aspects of the organisation. Silence assists individuals who usually take lots of airtime to listen more and talk less. Silence allows quieter individuals an opportunity to speak. Learning is provoked for everyone. Silence is the best kept secret for generating family dialogue. If you want your children to talk to you, make silence your primary skill. I used to interrogate my daughters lovingly each day on the way home from school. What did you do at school today? Did you have fun? What did you learn? If you're a parent, you may be smiling because you know from experience that such questions rarely elicit the responses we hoped for. 
Gradually, I learned that the more I allowed silence following my questions, the more my daughters would willingly fill it with words like, guess what my teacher said, or want to hear something really weird? When my daughters spoke, I could entice them to continue by simply saying, "Uh uh-huh, wow, I see, really, or even no way, or I could simply nod and smile. Silence allows us to scan our heads and hearts for grounded truths. Silence allows us to examine the flotsam and jetsam in our lives and to determine its usefulness, affording us an opportunity to clear our personal and corporate windshields. What is silence trying to teach us? It's teaching us how to feel, how to think further. Silence encourages us to explore a more difficult peace. Keeping yourself company. Awareness requires learning to keep yourself company. Years ago, a client told me about his decision to go to Hawaii by himself for a few days. He had left Seattle stressed, overburdened and obligated to make an important decision. Walking along the beach, he came across an inviting spot beneath a palm tree. He sat down and simply looked at the ocean and the beach. He explained, After a while, it seemed that my breathing matched the rhythm of the waves, and then it was as if I could see all my obligations sticking up through the sand, all the decisions I needed to make, the hundred things crying for my attention, the phone calls, the emails waiting for me when I got back, the meetings, all sticking up in the sand. But then it was as if a wind came up and steadily blew the sand away. And when the wind stopped, there were only two things remaining. I knew exactly what those two things were. And I could see that if I moved those two things, everything else would fall into place, sort itself out. I tell you, from this point on, I'm advising anyone who's got some priorities to sort out to go to a beach or to the mountains or some place where they can take a walk, where they can just sit quietly and breathe. Do you remember those conversations with yourself that I've recommended? This is where it all begins. There are phases to the silences in my life. Early mornings are best. I wake at four in the morning. Oh, dark hundred, a friend calls it. When I'm on Orcas Island, as the coffee brews, I step outside to breathe in the fragrance of the Douglas firs supporting my treehouse, the scent of rain and of the lavender that I planted years ago the lingering scent of last night's fire in the fire pit, cracking twigs beyond the fence signal deer, but cracking twigs beyond the fence signal deer. My dogs, Hamish, Tallulah and Dobby are on alert. We're amused by early spring frog passion, a few earnest individuals with unresolved issues. The air has weight. It slips through my fingers like a skein of silk. On clear mornings, the stars take my breath away and I am made small, humbled, A good way to begin a day. The dogs complete their fence patrol while I pour a cup of coffee and sit in my favourite chair on the deck. As dawn breaks, my view is of the stream and pond below, of feather grasses, foxglove, lupine, out to the salt water of Ship Bay. No early morning news, no stock market report, not even music, just morning light and the sound of Hamish's quiet snores as he settles nearby for the first of his dozen naps for the day. As I sit there, at times it's all I can do not to spring out of the chair and rush to my laptop, my head reeling of the dozen things I need to do that day. Wait, I advise myself. Be still. And then phase two arrives. The chatter fades. I begin to learn what this conversation with myself wants to be about. The conversation that began while I was sleeping. 
Before any of us can hope to engage others in wonderfully fierce conversations, we must engage ourselves in a dialogue so real, so sweet, so fierce, so filled with silences that we can hear our own heartbeat. Put your fingers up to your ears and plug your ears. Listen to your heartbeat. Look in a mirror. Look deep. What might you hear if you sat in silence and conversed with that person in the mirror? Perhaps he or she has much to tell you. So take a deep breath, ground yourself and ask the question with which you've become familiar. What is the most important thing you and I should be talking about today? Then step with your partners into territory where there may be dragons, where you have plenty of questions and zero answers, where you leave your expert hat out in the hall, adopt a beginner's mind and listen with every subatomic particle of your body, where you screw your courage to the sticking place and ask questions that expand the possibilities for everyone, including you, and then listen and speak again. Samuel Johnson wrote, That is the happiest conversation where there is no competition, no vanity, but a calm, quiet interchange of sentiments. All the conversations in the world cruise on a crest of silence, and sometimes the silence overshadows the rest. Silence is where what is real can be detected. Let silence, like a Zen Quan, be your riddle. Fill your conversations with silences during which reality may be interrogated, learning may be provoked, tough challenges may be tackled and relationships may be enriched. Assignment Over the next 24 hours, during your conversations at work and at home, give yourself a private challenge. I will allow spaciousness in my conversations so that before I speak I can reflect on what others have said. I will invite my partners to do the same. In doing so, I hope to get closer to what is authentic and valuable. For most of us, building silences into our conversations feels like an unnatural act. It takes skill to make it seem natural. If you suspect that conversations filled with silence may feel strange or uncomfortable for you or others, it may help to say at some point, I'd like a moment to reflect on what you've said. If your partners are going too fast or seem impatient with you, with the conversation or with themselves, you might say, I believe this is an important topic. Let's slow down a bit so we can digest what we're saying and consider where we need to go from here. Here, as in all the assignments throughout this book, you will gain skill and insight when you debrief yourself following a conversation. Reflect on your own participation in the conversation, good or bad, and what happened as a result. It helps to use the seven principles and four purposes of a fierce conversation as your checklist. For example, following this chapter's assignment, ask yourself, did I allow silence to do the heavy lifting during this conversation? Did silence help us interrogate reality, provoke learning, tackle a tough challenge, enrich our relationship? Include others in the debriefing. Following this chapter's assignment, for example, you might say, thank you for allowing spaciousness in our conversation. I found it helpful, did you? Several of my clients have created their own checklists. They suggest you know you're having a fierce conversation when you are speaking in your real voice. You are speaking in the heart of the matter. You are speaking to the heart of the matter. You are really asking and really listening. You are generating heat. You are enriching a relationship. You overhear yourself saying things you didn't know you knew. 
You didn't take notes, yet you remember every word. You listened with more than your ears. You took yourself and your companion personally, seriously. You left the conversation satisfied, sated, awake, fully alive and eager for more. You were different when the conversation was over. Personal and corporate relationships have been enriched by taking and discussing the following survey. Assignment. Assess the degree to which fierce conversations occur in your organisation and or family. Explore your responses. Probe for full understanding of one another's views. Now, this is a series of questions and each question has the numbers 1 to 10 underneath it for the answer. So I'm not going to read out the numbers. I will just read the questions. There are no undiscussables in our company or family. There are no hidden agendas in our company or family. During meetings, we say what we think, invite differing views and explore one another's thinking. There is permission in our company or family for everyone to show up. When lost in the complexity of a new situation, we pay close attention to new and unfamiliar aspects rather than take only those actions that will put things back on a track we already know. And then it says, talk about your ratings and what caused you to, cho to choose them. Discuss what you would like your ratings to be. Discuss what you can do to improve. Discuss your perspectives on the following topics. The outcomes of the majority of the conversations in our organisation or family. How we avoid dealing with problems. The most important thing we need to talk about. A refresher. Talk with people, not at them. The more emotionally loaded the subject, the more silence is required. Use silence to slow down a conversation so that you can discover what the conversation really wants to be about. Allow silence to fill in the greater meaning that needs to be there. Allow silence to teach you how to feel. <laughs>